Let's Race Them with RK, Episode 6. We want to thank our sponsors. This podcast brought to you in part by the Buckeye Karting Challenge, Ohio's Karting Championship. The next event is Sunday, August 30th at Wilmington Raceway Park with practice on Saturday the 29th. For those of you that have not raced in the series this season, use promo code RACEN with RK and receive a $5 discount from your entry fee. This podcast is also brought to you in part by Lori Beal Photography, your expert in motorsports photography. Her passion is sports, specifically motorsports, but also enjoys travel, concerts, and night photography. Check Lori's website at lorybeelphotography.com. That's L-O-R-I-B-I-E-H-L photography.com. And use promo code RACEN with RK and receive a 10% discount for first-time customers. Well, tonight we got a special guest. It's someone that's been a, a friend, a family friend of mine, just about as far back as you can go. I can, I have memories of, of this guest when I was about five years old and all the way up to present day. So it's an honor for me to have joining us tonight, Bill Davis. Bill, welcome to Racing with RK and the podcast. I'm so glad you had time for us tonight because we're going to have some fun. Hello, Randy. Yeah, this is Bill Davis here. Uh, really glad uh, you asked me to come on board and talk about this uh, this great sport that uh, we're all involved in. And like I tell people, uh, I uh, started karting when karting started in 1957. Yeah. I'm still doing it. Okay, still doing it. And then my family's doing it. My grandkids are doing it. So yeah. Yeah, so let's let's dive right into it, Bill. We're talking about 1957 now. My first podcast, I talked about my introduction to karting, which really was the early 60s, although I have some memories of the Janet and Hutton track. The bottom line is I couldn't really expand too much on what was going on in the 50s. So let's talk about your introduction. And before you start, Bill, let me just say that you had a, a kind of a, a partner in crime, so to speak, back then. His name was Ed Cougar. That was my brother. And the two of you were best friends, and you guys kind of got introduced to karting around the same time. So go ahead and share with us your introduction to karting back in the late 50s. Yeah, well, what happened, kind of, a, uh, I, I always was, was interested in racing and motorsports in general. And, you know, I go clear back to 1950, 1951, when uh, I was – five, six, seven years old, and when um, my, my dad and my mom's family were around Tuscaloosa County area, which is where Randy uh, grew up, and uh, anyway, when we would come back from wherever we lived, we'd go uh, to the stock car races in Midvale, and that was my introduction. That's when racing got into my blood. And, and, so, and, boy, and Mid Midvale was, I mean, you talk about racing history. Midvale had some just some great racers uh, from way back when. I used to go there as a kid as well, and they and they still operate. It's still a pretty pretty good racetrack. But go on. But that that certainly has some fond memories for me as well. Midvale Speedway. But go ahead. Let's let's go on about about how that kind of spun off into you getting into karting. Yeah. So anyway, um, as as we got into uh, you know 57, 58, I was in junior high school, and and um, uh, my dad uh, lived in Huntington, West Virginia at that time. And when I visited him one time down there, we went to uh, a place, a guy named Pete Burroughs, who was a great national oh. Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, Pete, had a, a car dealership in Huntington. And uh, dad heard about that. And we went there, and he had a, a half midget. And he was letting kids take a ride in. And I got to do wow. that. So I got to it touch that. 
hand as we jump over to uh, to uh, Janayden. Um, uh, we we just heard about stuff that was happening, and we heard that a track opened up at, in Uricksville at, at a place called Newport. And it was a, it was a dirt uh, kidney shaped track, kind of like when, when Navarre became kidney shaped. Okay, and we would I would I had a a blue football helmet and in those days football helmets did not have face shields okay and so i would just grab my football helmet and hitchhike from janet hutton <laughs> and there would be about 200 cards over there yeah yeah and the senior drivers would ask for a volunteer to be their junior driver and a, and a guy named ralph edwards was the mayor of Uriksville. i became his driver okay and that track, like I say, was kidney shaped, and the, and where the kidney kind of indented went downhill and then came back uphill. So it was a really interesting. And uh, as, as Randy and I have talked about before, karting in Ohio, although California was two cycle, karting in Ohio began going full circle, you know, as a four cycle. Right. Briggs is really, you know, moved on and, and commanding thing, and I think there were probably, you know, two thirds of the of the carts that we were this last weekend are, are four cycle. But anyway, right, right. The cart was called the brand name was called Track Rabbits. Okay. So that now wait now hang on a second. So I, I refer to them as Track Rabbits, but that was actually a brand. The Track Rabbit was a brand of what eventually became a go kart. So a track where well, you went out and bought a track rabbit, that was the brand of the race car you bought. It was a track rabbit. That's correct. It, it go kart and, and the steering wheel had track rabbit written right on it. <laughs> they built those things. As a matter of fact, on the way up from Columbus to uh, Fremont, in the Xenia area, uh, several, they just kept outgrowing um, the demand on those. And the cart cost $199 complete. That was with a two and a quarter horse Lawson Tecumseh engine on it. And at those days, every, everything was, was pretty equal. I, I don't know why, but I'm sure people knew how to modify, but they didn't. But that was, a, that was the, the, the engine we did. It had um, independent rear drill. It was before live axles, okay? Yeah. And uh, the engine had, it had a jack shaft. It had number 40 chain. You talk about it, it looked almost like a tank. The throttle, <laughs> yeah. the throttle was not even a, a pedal. It was a choke lever that you operated by your hand on the steering column, okay? Wow. The brake was a scrub brake, okay? It just rubbed off the rear tires. And this was dirt. These were all knobby tires. Yeah. That was our beginning. And then... It, it wasn't... And Bill, wasn't there... Didn't it have a, a roll bar of some sort? Didn't the track rabbit also have a roll bar? Sometimes they had roll bars. They were back and forth and back and forth in which they really needed to do those, okay? So that was a lot of fun. And uh, then tracks started to, they started to jump up everywhere, okay? Uh, Brightwood in Uriksville built a, a dirt road course. And a guy named Rich Pika became, uh, he was he was the, the driving star. He went on to stop cars and all kinds of stuff. Uh-huh. And um, so... Um, while that was going on, um, Janayden, which is a, a town like 1200, it's, it's still there. They, every little town wanted to have its own little trap. And uh, a guy named Bill Bates, who was a, a, a game warden at that time, his sons, he bought two carts, a green one and a, and a yellow one. I remember those. They had a Clinton engine on. So 
So this was kind of a, a first jump over to two cycle. And they built that uh, oval and us kids would all go over there. All while this was going on, okay, your dad, Randy, okay, of course owned Kugler Trucking. And one of his main guys there was a guy named Verge Minden. Yeah. Verge, okay, somehow got a hold of a chassis and somehow put a uh, uh, a McCullough chainsaw engine on there. And Ed, your older brother, who was about my age, and of course I'm married to Ed's classmate, and I'm still married to that fine lady, Vicky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Five years ago, they were all in the community there of uh, of Lock 17, which is, there was a lock from the Ohio Canal. Yeah, yeah. And Verge would take that cart, and we would go over to Ross Clay Pipe, okay? Yeah. And it had a cinder parking lot, and Verge would let us run that up and down, okay? So, whereas we were in the, you know, stock cars and all that, all of a sudden, we were into it, okay? Yeah, you got the bug. He got your dad involved, and your brother Gus involved. Yeah. Involved. And I remember us somehow getting the Mac 10 engine and putting it on cart. And we <laughs> never could started. We, I, we just had no idea what to do on that. And, and was it direct drive back then, Bill? That one was. Okay. So we, we would, Gus had a, uh, a motorcycle and we would pull that cart behind the <laughs> Try to get another, enough RPM to get it going. But, but yeah. So anyway, Verge uh, got your dad talking to buy and add a real cart. The first one was a Century branding, okay? And it had rack and pinion steering. And I remember that cart coming to us on a Greyhound bus. Yeah. That was, that was the FedEx in those days. And I remember. Was that, was that a Century? It was a Century cart. Yeah, out of California, right? I'm not sure where that thing was. I, I think it was California. I'm not positive, but I think it was. That was one of the first real competition go-karts I can remember was that century. Yep. And so um, that thing was supposed to come in the bus one day. We'd all go down to the bus stop and wait for the bus to come and watch for it to come around the corner. We were just so eager to see that. It took about three or four days longer than what it was supposed to. So Ed drove that, okay? And then um, um, your, your dad started to branch off. He started to become a Go, genuine go-kart was a brand name a go-kart like yeah yeah mm -hmm. and that was there was a place called lake speed and sport up in cleveland yeah my dad bought about four or five genuine go-karts okay? okay yeah they put a pair of uh of power products okay parts and that cart I don't know what, what was done to it, but it was a mover, okay? Where, where did you guys work on it? Did you have a shop somewhere and you, you did all the assembly or what? Well, this was all in the garage there, okay? Yeah, okay. Uh, we're amazing, crazy kids. This was all dirt oil tracks. Yeah. When Monday was cleanup day, and we put <laughs> the gasoline and a brush and wash those carts down. Yeah. Fumes around there. It's amazing that nothing really came. I remember seeing a picture at Janet Hutton at the dirt track, and it was like, I mean, you guys had a race team, and it was you, my brother, Verge, Bob Everhart. Remember Bob? Oh, yeah. And uh, and I think Gus. There's four or five of you, and all in line. You all had the same uniforms on, and the, I think you were all driving go karts at the time, and, oh. uh, and that was so cool, man. I mean, I just I look at that now and think that was. 
that, that's almost like you guys were ahead of your time almost, you know. Your mom made us uh, all racing. racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said blue stripes, some red stripes. And when we'd go to some track someplace else, which we started to uh, – uh, that we built another track beside the oval engine, Aiden, because yeah. people uh, – they complained, and we went over and built, rented the very, very next parcel lane. They built a, a yeah, big course there, and uh, it was dirt oil. And, and uh, I didn't have much money as a kid, and I would help them drag and put down the oil uh, before the before the race each time to earn mm-hmm. my 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 uh, entry fee. Okay, so we had, we had a lot of fun there. Okay, so that's all, awesome. All this time going on. Okay. Um, your dad was looking, okay? Yeah. Your place to go to. And I'm sure you can remember, Randy, but I definitely do because I've told this story lots of times, okay? Your dad lived right across the road from where the track is. Oh, yeah. Is now. Okay? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's where he grew up as a boy. Yeah. And it was called Linden Valley. That was the name. Yeah, yeah. Valley. So when he built the track in 19... 19- 59, maybe, 58, 59, okay? A guy named George Sanders was a construction contractor. Yeah, yeah. He had him do the grading. And Ed and I used to skip school <laughs> to watch him grade the track. Yeah. Ed, Ed got the record of skip school days. But skip I'm sure. School I'm sure. So, and, and I remember when they built it, uh, you know, my dad got with Mr. Sanders and said, listen, you know, this is going to be done right. So they had, uh, I think they called them French drains or something, but there were drains all over the place. So there was no standing water. There was no big puddles in the infield. Everything drained to a central location in various areas of the track so that when it rained, buddy, that, that track was draining almost immediately. And then he brought in uh, Mr. Newton from Strasburg to lay the asphalt, and that thing was like glass. It was. It, it was. And and with all the dirt racing you had done, Bill, getting on it, getting on that track. I mean, it had to be like night and day as far as racing, how the cart responded, how you had to drive it. I mean, it had to be just a totally different world. Oh yeah. And then, and then even before that, when we were still racing dirt, um, everyone was looking to go someplace better. And so we heard about Navarre. Yeah. Bird, mm-hmm. Bird, and your dad. We all had to buy slicks because we had been on the yeah. time. And we went up and, and raced the big time. Okay. So so Navarre was actually in operation before the track in Port Washington then. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes it was. As was Fremont for that matter, Fremont as well. And your dad copied Fremont. People mm-hmm. Yeah, it was identical. Yeah. So I said, you gotta look at the, the, the similarities between Fremont today because uh, that's that's where where when I say we, we all, we all claimed the, the, the track at Port to be our track. Okay? Yeah, it was. It was uh, initially it was almost identical, but it did that didn't last long. I mean, it wasn't but two or three years, and we extended the um, the front straight up into the hill. We put the Monza in. We took out a couple of kinks, and it was a totally different track with its own personality at that point. But you're right. If you look at if you go to Port Washington now, you can visualize where that track used to be, and it is almost identical to uh, to what Fremont was, and it still is for that matter. And I've got a I got a ninety second, and I've been meaning to put this on vintage cart. A ninety second eight millimeter, which is on thumb drive now, of uh, 
of the enduro that we used to hold each year at the track. Okay. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, this, I'll, I'll put that out so people. Can oh, I'd love to see it. And and I remember you guys did the Le Mans starts. And then for those people that are going to listen to this podcast, if you don't know what a Le Mans start, you remember the Le Mans start, Bill? Well, sure, that's on that film. Well, so so tell tell them tell let tell us what what the Le Mans start was. Well, Le Mans start is, is definitely from Formula One. Okay. Yeah. Track of Le Mans. And what they would do, which is what we copied, is we you know, lined all the carts up. Um, and at that time, there was the, the indentation of the loop that's still up at, Fre- at Fremont, okay? Uh-huh. And we all lined up on the other side. And my dad was there, had someone else hold the camera at that time, and waved the flag, and we all ran across the infield. <laughs> yep. Jumped into our carts. We had belt starters at that time. Yeah, yeah. It started and off we went. And yep. It's only a minute and a half long, which you know, get videos much longer than that. And, uh, get kind of yeah, cool. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, and, uh, so, it's a good video. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see it. So, so we, you know, things started moving along. And then, of course, you graduated and, uh, and you got into the military and, and kind of bring us, bring us up to speed on that. And what happened in 1970 when you set the track record at Linden Valley Raceway, or at that time it was Kugler Raceway? Tell us about, you know, what led up to that and your experience of setting the track record and how you did it. Okay. Well, let me just take another skip backwards here real quick, too. Yeah, sure. Because things were trying to expand before, um, before your dad really got his track running. We used to go to the big time track down to Shockton. Okay? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a dirt oval. It was probably uh, at least a sixth of a mile. Right. And there was a guy named Ross Eccles who ran that track and was a flagman. Yeah. Gentleman. It was Ross, Ross Hendricks. Ross was a real good friend of mine. Ross Hendricks, he became the flagman at our track. Yep. And so yeah. we've also gotten a guy named... Uh, uh, Buzz Cheney. Buzz Cheney. Those two guys. Yeah. Yep. Something happened to Kashokton. I'm not really sure, but they were they were getting ready to close, and your dad attracted Ross and yeah. Cheney. Yeah. And it was fantastic. And oh yeah, yeah. That was they. That was like the infrastructure that that dad needed to get that track up and running the right way. I mean, those guys came up and things just kind of all fell in place. It was fair and square. And we had yeah. the lever starting uh, starter stand that came out from the, from the actual building. Yeah. Almost over the track. And I can still Ross, still see Ross up there. If, if they, if they wouldn't line up right, he would send them to the pits. And we, yeah, that's right. He, he wouldn't put up with it. That's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, that's believe me. You're that that brings back some fond memories for me. I I just idolized Ross. He was just my guy, man. He was so cool. Ended up moving to Florida. He was a great golfer, and he moved to Florida and opened up. Uh, was a pro down there, I think, at one of the golf courses in Florida. But yeah, that's some great memories. So so then you get into the so then you get into the military, yeah. and you decide one day you're going to set the track record at, at Cougar Raceway. Yeah. So anyway, I graduated from Ohio State '68. Um, I went to Ohio State on a, on a, a Navy ROTC uh, scholarship and went into the Marine Corps and uh, uh, be, became a pilot from there. And uh, 
one of my, my duty stations uh, was at, uh, in North Carolina, in Cherry Point, North Carolina. And we used to uh, have to go on uh, training flights for a weekend, at least once a month. Okay? We could go wherever we want. And literally, even in those days, in 1968, 1970, we had, a, we had a plastic credit card. And we would go and we'd guess up someplace. Okay? Um, and uh, one weekend, uh, 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 matter of fact, one weekend I, I flew around the entire United States. I went wow. North Carolina to Florida, to, to California, to Whidbey Island, Washington, Bangor, Maine, and back down to uh, Cherry Point. Okay. But an, another one was I came over here. The, the your your brother Ed ran a benefit race for the for the Dover Lions. Okay, and he held it at least three years that I can recall. Okay. Yeah, that was a big event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was advertised. It was supported well by the newspapers and everybody. Um, Rivaled, and I really, really enjoyed the buck. I even had a, a plane uh, out this weekend with a with an American flag banner with it said "Welcome, Buckeye to the Carding Challenge." Very impressive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back then, Ed went on the radio and and uh, uh, promoted that, and so I knew that that race was going to be on that weekend. And I came up with my bomb air navigator. Okay, it was a side by side A6 intruder. Okay, and. We landed at Lockbourne in Columbus on, on Friday night, and I uh, stayed at my uh, my in-laws' home with my wife and her room. We were in Cherry Point, North Carolina at that time. And we uh, stayed overnight, and then I came up to the track and visited everybody on Saturday with the practice day. And, but this was before trailers much, before tents much, and, and, and before even cart stands. There was nothing. Right, right. You push the cart around, okay? And then we visited everybody, and I saw some guys, uh, uh, Buck King, who I still talk with often, and um, and also Jack Philbin, a great, great gentleman. Oh, Jack, Jack was like a second dad to me. Absolutely. And so I said, hey, you guys, I'm going to go, uh, you know, I'm going to be here on Saturday. I'm going to go back home on Sunday morning. Pick up my plane, my bomber navigator, and I'm coming up. You guys, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I went down and picked up Gino, and we jumped in our plane. And went so out. Gino was the co-pilot. He was, he was the bomber navigator. He was the, okay, know, all right. He was, he was the guy that took care of all the systems and the bombs and the radar. So and he sat to my right. So we went over and jumped in the plane. Yep. You you can fly without. With or without radar control, you can still you can do that now. So we took off and flew from Columbus east to Zanesville. Uh, we were about 2,000 feet, 2,500 feet or so, and I knew I knew where I was. And then we went up I-77 towards Newcomerstown, which is getting in the vicinity of the track. And yeah. So I over, and you know when I grew up in that area, we knew where the landmarks, and I could see the radio towers over a little bird called Gilmore. And so I kind of jogged over there and eased the throttles up and went over the radio tower at Gilmore and then headed north towards the track. And then I see the valley. And so uh, uh, I uh, poured the coals to it, and I was probably going around 450 knots up through the valley, okay, uh, and, and, uh, and, and flew over. And, and, and Jack Philman said he was just sitting there at the pit gate watching for me and he could see me a speck hey, yeah so so jack knew you were coming right he knew i was coming okay 
So you and Gino have now flown over Newcomerstown and you're getting ready to zoom in on Cougar Raceway. So kind of take us through that. And, and you even mentioned to me the other day that you rattled the dishes on the neighbor's house next to the racetrack. So we, we start coming up through the valley and uh, as, as, as you look ahead, we, we were down in the valley, okay? And uh, we were hitting about 450 and there was some time <laughs> and you know, I could see ahead the hills ahead of me. Gino's yeah. sitting over there, and no pilot wants to, to admit he's scared. So yeah. he wasn't saying anything, okay? And, but he was kind of inching up in his seat like you would when you're driving with somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he was. <laughs> I reached over and I patted him on the knee. I said, I said okay, Gino, we got it. So yeah. Yeah. Right beyond the track was a, was a, a family that I knew very well. They were named Jim Bender. Yeah. And I went through there, and I pulled up, and I rattled all the windows there. <laughs> yep, yep. That was awesome. And and uh, I, so it was a, when Port Washington reopened, which would have been probably about four or five years ago, the very first race, the opening race for Port Washington, and Bill was there, and, and everybody's kind of there talking about how great it is to get the track opened again. And, and we're talking about the past and it's a driver's meeting. We just took a few minutes to kind of talk about what it meant to get this track reopened. And Bill raised his hand. I said, and, and what better person to talk about back in the day than Bill Davis. And he says, I want everybody to know I've got the track record at Cougar Raceway. And then of course he went on to say the jet story where he flew in and just, I mean, he came in low man and flew over the track. It was, it was awesome. But that, that was so cool. So from that point, you know, life kind of got in the way you were raising a family. My brother was moving around the country, moving up the ladder in, in corporate America. I was doing my thing in trucking and then I went on to WK, but we kind of reunited in 2003 at the OVKA swap meet. I'll never forget it. So I was there as president of WK and we had a booth there and we're talking to some of the carters and up walks my old buddy, Bill Davis from, from back in the day. Oh man, Bill, how you doing? And we start talking and you said to me, Randy, it's the craziest thing. I keep having this dream that I'm riding a go-kart at mid Ohio. I really think I want to get back into karting. I said, Bill, I think there's a guy here that can make that dream come true. And I introduce you to Gene Davis from the dark car club, who, who basically has been the key ingredient of that dark car club for so many years. And he hooked you up with a race team that was going to be at mid Ohio at the next race. And you got to fulfill that dream, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. Yep. Uh, there was a guy that had an arrive and drive uh, company and he, is, he used to have uh, cart one was the branding. Yeah. And I got to drive that, okay? And the recurring dream I had was that I would, and it was in mid Ohio, although all my experience was Sprint, I always kind of thought I'd like to do, uh, you know, the Enduro race. Yeah. And my dream was I went down the straightaway for the first time and my engine conked out. <laughs> for years and years and years. And so I was finally able to reverse that. And in yeah. 2004 and 2005, I was. Uh, I was a class champion there. In the That's awesome, man. So, so that, that was like, 
that was when you caught the bug again, right? And now you yeah. got you got some kids growing up, and all of a sudden, it's not just Bill Davis racing, but it's Bill Davis and his family racing. And you started Max Speed. And tell us about how your family got involved, and now we're even the third generations of Davises that are racing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, um, so I, I have to say, I got in '57. I got out in '78, and then I still just I still touched on. On karting, your dad would send me WK magazines. Right. Walk meet, I would go to those. I went to the one up in Salina, up at Wapakoneta, would have a street race up there. And um, so I did go to some swap meets that OBK had, and it was at uh, uh, Hobart Arena, is where those were. Okay? Right, right. And then they went to Springfield and so forth. But uh, I, I got back in in uh, like 2001, something like that. And Circleville. It was very, very active at that time. They were pulling 80, 85 carts uh, speed cap. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, I uh, got very involved in that. And my, uh, uh, I was going to let Matt and I drive the same cart. But he said, ha, I got to have my own cart. So he bought a cart. And then Mike joined in. And all of a sudden, we had Team Davis. There were the three of us. And uh, we raced the can classes. Um, uh, Matt's two kids, Senna and Riley, Senna, the girl, and they're, they're 11 and 12 now, and they raced last weekend. And Mike yep. won the KAA up there at Thompson. But anyway, uh, got involved in that. And there was a guy named Bob McConnell. Yeah. At a company called Max Speed Carding. And he gave me that business. Wow. Wow. All the legal work was done, the business card was done, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. My market was there, and I would carry anywhere from eight to 12 carts all the time, okay? Yeah. To keep things going for Max Speed. So, yeah, and and, uh, and you ran not only Circleville, but you kind of traveled around a little bit too, didn't you? We did. We did the Newcastle. We went to OBKA. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you one thing that, uh, you know, we're going, you know, bouncing around a lot of different directions was that, uh, the Briggs T- oh, 206 is the engine now. Yeah. They owe that to the clone, okay? Um, mm-hmm. when, when people were always looking for a low-cost alternative, Harbor Freight had an engine called the Greyhound that was yeah. $85. And those got bought. There was a company in Georgia called ARC Racing. Yeah. Got engines, and I went back through my records. I part of my company. I I sold seventy five clone engines. Wow! And that's Jeez. the first. That's yeah. the first recording scene. And what I would do is, I said that no cart will die; it'll live out his life as a clone cart. <laughs> there you go. I and sell and fix up with Greyhound engines. Um, take the governor out and everything else. Yeah. And, that's what burst motorcycles back in. And then Briggs was sitting there on the sidelines all along saying, okay, we're going to build an engine. Yeah. It meant for karting. And, yep. it, and that yeah. just, just blew things apart. I'm still a two-cycle guy. Um, but uh, that's full circle for max speed, like I said. But I, I yeah. 75 of those engines. I was a spec tire salesman also for our club. Uh-huh. Uh, MSOKC. And um, good time. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. So, 
you know, I, I thought I had a pretty good thing going here. You and I both are Ohio, big Ohio State fans. And I have grand, I have, I have six grandchildren, but one of my grandsons is named Grayson. And the other, I have a granddaughter named Scarlett. So I have two grandchildren named Scarlett and Gray, which I'm pretty proud of. But then I'm thinking, you know, you might have me because you've got a granddaughter named Senna. I mean, tell me how they how your kids or you guys, they decided they were, that's a race fan right there when you name your granddaughter Senna. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's, Matt's always, uh, we've all been, you know, uh, open wheel fans. Yeah. Yeah. We follow the Formula One even a lot more. I did, of course, you know, Al Senna was one of the drivers. Oh, he was one of the best ever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they call that's it. awesome. Yeah. She did good. She did good this last weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Um, so in these podcasts, when when it's appropriate, I try to do something called a Hall of Fame spotlight where we talk about people that had impact in our lives that are in the Carney Hall of Fame. And I honestly, I, <clears throat> I was thinking today, I want to get a little choked up here, but I was thinking today, when it comes to my mom and dad, I don't know if there's anybody on the face of the earth other than obviously my siblings that could reach back in time and memory and talk about my mom and dad, who are both members of the Hall of Fame, Ann and George Kugler, and 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 share some memories. So, so Bill, I, I want you to share some memories of your experiences back in the day with my mom and dad. Yeah. Wow. Well. We had a, a real, really special bond with him because uh, uh, my mom and dad were divorced, and I went with my mom back to Dayton Hutton to our, my maternal grandmother's place. And so um, uh, I played uh, Little League Baseball with Ed, and that's where we became friends. And then to you know, loop back into your, your, your older stepbrother, Gus, had a, a Crosley, and he knew I was nuts about yeah, uh, things there. And he had invited me over to drive that thing. And that's when <laughs> I would go from Janayton over to Locke and do that. Yeah. I knew Ed real well from school. And, you know, it was a small school. My class yeah. graduating class was only 25 people. And how big was yours, Randy? Can you remember? My graduating class was 79. But you got to remember, we consolidated with Port Washington. There was only about 40 in my graduating class. But with Port Washington, there were 79. So it wasn't very big even, even in 73 when I graduated. Yeah. So um, uh, you know, I, I would you know pedal my bike over the lock, and that's where we played baseball and just just yeah yeah. And, and of course, you were karting at that time, and your dad had carts, and they, they, your mom and your dad took me into your family, okay? And uh, uh, I would I would uh, Ed would get a new cart, and I'd get Ed's old cart, okay? <laughs> yeah. And we went to places, and that's when when you started racing too, okay? Yeah, yeah. It was off into the Marine Corps by that time, and I would uh, try to be uh, help out down the track and do some. Yeah, and and you you helped me a lot too in my my early years of karting. I I'll tell a quick story about you. I don't know if you remember it or not, but as a kid. And I see this with kid carts even today. They get out of the cart, and the helmet's so heavy, they almost fall over, right? So I wasn't strong enough to take my helmet off when I get out of the cart. So I'd have to go find you wherever you were, and I'd walk over, and I'd tap you on the arm. And you'd look down, oh, yeah, okay, and you'd reach down, and you'd pull my helmet off because I could never get it off on my own for the longest time. I was so proud of myself one day when I figured out I could get my helmet off by myself. 
So, yeah, I, re I remember that well. Yeah, yeah. So they hauled me all around and took yeah. me. And then we would go to the races again. This is back to midday. We would go to the races. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your sister, uh, Patsy, would be the driver. Yep. Just a great time, okay? Oh, yeah. I was going to ask him <clears throat> if he can remember who the drivers were. They had number 92, number 93, and number 352. And I'm not going to tell him the answer to that question now because he's listening now. Well, I'm, I'll tell you right now, 92 is Norm Saul. <laughs> Right? He was 93. He was 93. Yeah. I, I was a Dean Mast fan. Dean, Dean was a local guy. Yeah, you were. Yeah. 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 I remember those those super mods back in those days, man. They were awesome. None of them looked the same. They were like snowflakes. They were all different, but man, they got around that track. Yeah. We'll have to see if Ed remembers them when he listens to the podcast. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty awesome, Bill. Well, I, before we end the podcast, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to put you on the spot. But I, I know I know you've got some feelings about it. I'm going to, plain and simple, in your lifetime, Bill, and you've had a great life, and, and you still, believe me, you still got some miles in you, buddy, because you're, you're, you're looking great. You look the same as you did forever. <laughs> what has carding meant to you, and what does it mean to you today? Oh, wow. Um, well, again, I, I was born with racing, and uh, there's nothing like uh, – the acceleration, and that's one thing, you know, like I, you know, flew supersonic, and I've been up to 50,000 feet solo, and there's just nothing like the feel of acceleration. I, I love engines, still like that. You got, you got to really love an engine when you, every once in a while, go out into the garage and start up an engine and just listen to it. Okay? Yeah, right, right. So, um, it's, it's really kept our family close. My wife is the pit mom, and she fixed what we call the winning sandwiches for everybody. Sure. She she goes along with us. This last weekend, of course, she was there. Uh, we, we hold our uh, Wednesday night family dinners every week with all the boys. Oh, that's awesome. The kids. We got the newest one, Jackson. We got uh, Riley, too. When they when they reopened uh, Adkins this time, First race of the reopening was kid carts, and Riley was running kid carts at that time. And he went out and won that race, the first one. Okay? So it's just intermingled with everything I do, and uh, I'm just nuts about it as, as you are, and uh, as you've been, your, your dad was for WKA, and uh, Buck Keen, and Butch Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's some. But boy, Buck, I tell you, some great memories there with Buck. Also, that's uh, that's awesome, Bill. It, it means so much that you uh, shared some time with me tonight. This has been this has been really great. I I really appreciate it. This is uh, this is about it for our podcast episode six. But I'll tell you, I I kind of joked when I promoted it on Facebook, we're going to go back in the time machine and talk about racing back in the day. But that's exactly what we did, Bill. Thanks to you and I. I just can't thank you enough for being part of this. It was my honor. Um, I, uh, I just really appreciate it. As we wrap things up, uh, just remember, everybody, say, say a prayer for the first responders and the policemen, firefighters, EMTs, and healthcare workers. Uh, Bill, any, any parting words before we, uh, before we close it out today? Well, again, thanks, thanks, Randy, for, for doing this, okay? Everyone appreciates this, and everyone uh, 
great, really, uh, it's great to have you out there still carrying the, carrying the banner for us. Yeah, we, well, you're sure welcome, Bill. So, folks, until the next time, remember, racers don't last forever, but racing memories do. This is Randy Kugler. Take care, everybody. Okay.